What's up, Chismosos? We are back with another episode of No Me Digas. I am Jay Money. And this is Eve. All right, you ready for the good stuff? Yes, I am. It's a perfect day with the perfect weather. <laughs> so last time I did a Golden Road, I wasn't a huge fan. No, it did not work out. <laughs> Even though I was like, oh, Golden Road is the best. They have the best beer. And then I had that one and it wasn't. So I'm hoping that I can redeem, they can redeem themselves. I got another Golden Road this time around. Um, it's called Ride On, uh, and it's a hoppy, hazy IPA. Um, what do you have, Eve? I have Latitude 33 Blood Orange IPA, and this one is from San Diego. All right, let's give it a little. Here we go. Salud. Salud. All right. That's good. So I said it was called uh, Hoppy. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) It's called Ride On 10 Hop. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Um, So the Golden Road Ride On, with hops selected from far away as Australia and New Zealand, our master brewers created delicious, complex, but smooth IPA. Big, juicy, and full of flavor. Now, is that what you just tasted? Yeah, it's big and it's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 7.5, so it's a little bit on the strong side and you can definitely taste it. Um, mm. So if it if you're a first-time drinker or a first-time into IPAs, um, I do not recommend <laughs> off the bat. Probably not. And if you're going to try, do like half and share with somebody else. Like, <laughs> eat something. Probably. And not because it's not good. It's just, it's very strong it's, on the palate. Ooh, strong on the palate. Ooh, wow. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Eve, what is yours? All right. So mine is a blood orange has, I'm sorry. It has blood orange strands above everyday citrus. This isn't your typical citrus infused IPA with the crisp and slightly sweet finish. Mm. Now it does have that citrus flavor in it. Yeah, and you, taste, it, you taste that blood orange? Definitely. Um, yeah. The good thing about it, it's not overpowering. It's like the perfect amount. Here, let's try, let's switch our, I'm let's curious. I'm not really a big fan of blood orange, but here we go. Let's see. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. Yes. Redemption 100%. Redemption. Yes. Yeah, your blood orange drink. It, right? So if you like blood orange, it's definitely the beer for you, yes. I would say, because you can definitely taste that blood orange. Yeah, you definitely can. But I think it's like, it's, it's not too subtle, but it's not too potent either. it's the either. perfect amount, huh? Perfect amount, for sure. All right, so. Here we go. Let's get into our stories. You ready for this one? It's a bit of a ride. All righty. I'm ready. Let me put my seatbelt on. Let's go. Strap in. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So I did my story on Edmund Emil Kemper III. (gasps) You know who that is? (gasps) Dang, I was hoping you did it. Go on. Maybe I heard something from there I haven't heard yet. (laughs) I am. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Let's do it. So, in case you didn't know, he's an American serial killer who has killed um, 10 people. Um, We're going to go into his early life a little bit. Born December 18th, 1948. He's from Burbank. Um, And he was a solid 13-pound baby. He was a big fella. Big fella. Big fella. Um, Early on, he exhibited 
uh, antisocial behavior, like most serial killers, he abused animals, which we talked about this. A lot of them yeah, start off a lot with. Of them do. Yeah. It's crazy how that happens. Um, and it gets weirder. At the age of 10, he buried the family cat uh, alive and waited a couple hours and unburied it and decapitated it and mounted its head on a spike. I didn't know that part. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And creepy. He's a weird kid. That's a uh, wow. Okay. As a kid, he experienced dark fantasies and would perform rituals on his sister's Barbies, like cut their heads off, arms, mm -hmm. and do all kinds of weird things to it. Mm -hmm. uh, a memory of his older sister, Suzanne, um, she she recalls teasing him about a teacher, about one of his teachers, and she asked him why doesn't he kiss her. Um, and he replied, if I kiss her, I'd have to kill her first. This is a child, okay? A child. <laughs> but not just any child, though. He's unique. He's He was. Very his unique. size wasn't just unique. It was his whole everything. Yeah, like his size is crazy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Uh, a favorite game of his was called Gas Chamber or Electric Chair. Basically, he would have his sister tie him up, and he would act as if he was being either gassed or electrified. Um, that yeah. was his thing. He was a weird kid. A creep kid. If I yeah, like yeah very creepy kid. Um, in 1957, his parents divorced and he was separated from his father, Edmund, who he was close to. Um, he moved to Montana with his, sis with his mother, Clarnell, who was neurotic, domineering alcoholic, who constantly belittled and abused him. Um, so, Wow, well, see that combined with that, it's just no wonder he had a crappy childhood. Yeah, he had a rough uh, childhood and just a rough upbringing, upbringing in general. That's great. Um, at 14, he ran away from home and tried to rekindle his relationship with his father in Van Nuys, California. Um, but at this time, his dad had a whole other family already. He, he moved on. And um, unfortunately, when he got there, I guess maybe there was no room in the home. I don't know what the circumstances were, but his dad actually sent him to live uh, with his grandparents in North Fork. Uh, he described his grandfather as senile, and his grandmother would constantly emasculate him. Um, so yeah, his the women figures in his life were they were just they were nice. they were not nice to him. So nice. it makes you wonder though, like, was it because his appearance? Do they think that he I wasn't going to amount to anything? Because I mean, this kid, for all I know, was a very smart, smart kid. He had a very, very high IQ, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely a smart kid. He's a smart kid, man. I don't know. That is so weird. It was just, unfortunately, the hand that he was dealt with. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. We got a deck. We got to deal with it. Yeah. Nah, no kidding. Um, on August 27th, 1964, at the age of 15, um, they call him Big Ed. Mm. Um, he had an argument with his, his grandmother, Maude. Enraged, he fatally shot her with a rifle. That his grandfather gave him, okay, um, oh as God. a Christmas gift. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> um, and to make matters worse, after he had shot and she was already killed, uh, he actually stabbed her a couple times after the fact. Um, and when his grandfather pulled up into the driveway, um, he didn't want his grandfather to see, you know, his wife bleeding, bleeding out and just dead, you know, so he just shot his grandfather as well. That was like a mercy shot. 
mean, I mean, if you want to, I mean, put it that way. Yeah, I can see he didn't want him to. He spread him the pain from seeing the love of his life dead on the floor. Imagine yeah. seeing that and then dying. That'd be one horrible way to go. I mean, it's but either horrible. way, yeah, that just sucks. Um, he actually called his mom and told his mom, like, hey, I just killed grandma and grandpa. What do I do? <laughs> his mom know. was like, call the cops, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, my God. So he does, and he just waited for them to show up. Of course, he gets arrested, but he's a child. So uh, he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic and was sent to uh, a state hospital that houses mentally ill students. Um, mentally ill inmates are. Mm-hmm. Um, although during his stay, social workers disagreed with the diagnosis. Their reports stated, and I quote, no flight of ideas, no interference with thoughts, no expressions of delusions or hallucinations, and no evidence of bizarre thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said earlier, he was said to be of very high intelligence. Very. Um, it's, it's crazy, like, there's more to that. But yeah, there's a lot insane. more to that. There's but so much more to but that. yeah, he was he was definitely and you know in my readings I had read that they had tested him for like you know see how high his IQ was and each time he tested it just got a little bit higher every time yeah it's so crazy, dude. it's like it's as if it's as if he does something and he advances it in right. another level right and he just betters himself on that next time yeah it's creepy how that happens he's a weird kid. And if you want to know what his IQ was, um, he was, uh, the result was 145. Jesus. At least from one of the tests that he got That's just done. one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of them. Um, anyways, on December 18th, 1969, at the age of 21, he was released on parole. Um, and part of his parole deal was to live with his mother. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that, that can't well. yeah, that can't go well. Um, on November 29, nineteen seventy two, his juvenile records were actually expunged. So poof, gone. You know that word. Yeah, like he did nothing at all. Exactly. Yeah, which is how some people get away with. Yeah, but you know what? For him, like yes, he killed his grandparents, um, but at least after parole, he tried to better himself. He attended community college in hopes of becoming a police officer. Yeah, I remember that. I think yeah. um, he became very buddy buddies with them too. They yeah. were him as his friend. They always they spoke from what I remember. He has pictures with them, I think I saw. Yeah, they were homies. It's crazy how that works, yeah. dude. But unfortunately in in the books that I read it says that due to his size at the time, which was six nine, he was denied. I don't know how true that was, but I mean, I guess. I mean, it makes sense because one. Does it make sense? I don't know. Like, who cares well, how tall you are? I mean, well, let's. Well, let's just, it's not like he's mean, trying to be undercover. He's just trying to be a police true, officer. Imagine at this tiempo, that time, the cars weren't as advanced as they are now to fit tall people in the car. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it was just the weight. Maybe just too much to. I don't know. Or what if they were afraid that he might just. Get somebody and like push her to the floor and just accidentally break their ribs because he's so I heavy. I don't know what the deal was, but it says that according to his size, he was denied. So interesting, interesting, right? Um, 
But like you said, he maintained a close relationship with the Santa Cruz officers, and they described him as a friendly nuisance. <laughs> um, he actually, there was a bar that they used to go to um, where all the officers used to go after like a shift, and he would hang out with them at the bars too. So he was definitely up in the game. Like he, That's he, crazy. Yeah, he was super close with him. I guess um, if he can't be one, just hang out with him. Just hang out with him, I guess. <laughs> But, you know, that didn't stop him. He still ended up being um, a highway, a California Highway Patrol officer. So he still ended up being some sort of officer anyway. Well, that's good. I mean, what? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That same year he started with CHP, he started picking up women who were hitchhiking. Uh, But at this time, he was just like picking them up and, and taking them where they needed to go and and that was that. But eventually he started feeling homicidal sexual or urges. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a- crazy how that pans out. Yeah. I mean, you, they all, you always start small and you step up the game a little bit. According to Big Ed, he picked up around 150 hitchhikers before he decided to act on his fantasies. 150. Dang. Those, hitch- those hitchhikers were saved. Yeah, because, man, if he went in like that, I think with that mentality, he would have had a, a lot more, a lot more than 10. That's for sure. Year. Yeah, for sure. Between May 1973 and April 1973, he said to have killed eight people. He would pick them up while hitchhiking, take them into an isolated location where he would shoot, stab and strangle. He would then take them home and decapitate them. He would perform, and I'm not even going to say the word, but it's a ritual. Um, and basically the ritual is um, like oral rape, but after the person's dead. They, wait, you don't want to say that it sounds wrong? or No, I don't know how to say it, so I don't want to screw it up. Necrophiliac. No, that's having sex with a dead body. This but isn't is a, already dead? He's doing that, but he's doing a specific ritual. Oh, oh, yeah. Bro, no, listen to what either. I'm saying. Yeah, I can't say that word either. I might listen try. to what I'm saying. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I just got home from a madhouse from work. Right. So he would do this ritual where it's basically, you know, a form of oral rape. Um, it's called like Iromachio. I don't know, but it's some Roman, oh. Roman ritual. Um, that he would do. And like Eve said, he was a necrophiliac as well. Um, So basically, that's what he did with all his murders. So with each person that I'm going to talk about, each victim, um, I'm not going to go real deep into what they did. You just, that's the general idea of it. Right. During his his spree, he murdered Marianne Pesk and Anita Luchisa on May 7th, 1972, while they were hitchhiking from Berkeley to Stanford University. Um, on September 14th, 1972, his next victim was Aiko Ko, a 15-year-old who had missed her bus for dance class and accepted a ride from Ed. After this murder, he moves back with his mother. Um, and I'm guessing it's just because the heat was getting high. So he wanted to kind of steer away from what was happening. 
Um, but while he lived with his mother on January 7th, 1973, while driving around a community college, um, he picked up 18-year-old Cynthia Skull. At this time, the University of Santa Clarita told the students to not accept any rides unless they knew them or if he was part of the campus. Um, so people were very aware of hitchhikers getting picked up um, and turning up dead. Um, so the school was like, don't do it. Don't get hitchhiked from anybody. Don't get a ride from anybody. Um, but it just so happened that Ed's mother worked for Santa Cruz and had a vehicle that said Santa Cruz. Yeah, she was at the school, I think, right? Yeah, she worked yeah. at the school. So she had a vehicle that belonged to the school that had lettering that it said it belonged to the school. Yeah, so therefore, I mean, it's kind of very easy. Oh, well, that person goes to my school. Yeah. So he was able to use this vehicle to pick up further hitchhikers. Um, Interesting. Which... There was two more after that with the school car. Um, Rosalind Throp, 23, and her friend Allison Liu, who was 20 at the time. Um, and keep in mind, Allison didn't want to get in the car. <laughs> she was like, nah, like, this is weird. I don't want to do it. But Rosalind was like, hey, we got places to go. Let's just. Yep. And then I think they just, she just felt safe and awake because the. The car belonged to the campus. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so our count is at what is it? Eight. The last two were his mother Clarnell and her friend Sarah Taylor. Jeez, those guys. Yeah, he decapitated his mother and used her head as a dartboard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just <laughs> right. That's crazy. Um, and he just let all his anger out on I mean, the dartboard. I feel like he just saved her for last. I mean, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, sort of. I agree. Because I think like maybe he was just perfecting it until he get, before he got to her, just to like make sure he did everything he wanted to her. Could have been or like a crime it. of opportunity. So, so many things. So after he was kind of worn out of yelling at his mother um, and throwing darts at her, he went to a bar. And at this bar, he ran into his mother's friend, Sarah. Um, and then he proceeds to invite her back to the house, watch movie, hang out. He's all like, my mom's there. Let's hang out. And she accepted. Yeah, of course she's there. Um, and she accepted the invitation. But unfortunately, upon arriving, he strangled her. Um, and that was all that was said about what he did to the mother's friend. I don't know if it was a last hurrah for him or whatever, but um, he ends up fleeing the scene um, and heading towards Colorado. He actually believed there was a manhunt for him, um, but then he realized that there wasn't, <laughs> like nobody was looking for him. And I think it's because they probably didn't find like the bodies just yet, um, but he really fully expected a full-on manhunt for him. I think... Uh... I think he returned. I think he was one of the world soldiers that returned to the actual scene. And he would see if they would find it. I think that was him. I'm not 100% sure. But it's, You're wrong. Who was it that would go? Someone would go back to the scene just to see if they knew. A lot of killers did. <laughs> um, once he realized that there was no manhunt, he called the police. Um, and they actually initially thought it was a prank. And they told him to call back later. Yeah. 
so he waited several hours and then he actually called them back and asked to speak to an officer he knew personally. Um, and he confessed to said officer. Um, wow. So they finally took him serious. When asked why he confessed, he said he emotionally couldn't handle it anymore. It was a little bit too much for him. <laughs> he was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to eight life sentences. He was sent to the California Medical Facility. He remains there among the general population and is considered a model prisoner. Um, since he's been in prison, he's applied for parole, but always been denied. Um, but check this out. He's eligible for parole this year, 2024. Huh. I... Right. He might be denied again, but but he is eligible again. Um, we'll see if he how... applies for parole. I wonder how old he is now. I don't know. Do the math. Crazy. He was born in 1948. 1948. Let's see. But yeah, he's, he's, you think he'll apply? Uh, for sure. You probably will just one more time for a keepsake and then just give <laughs> up. 19 what? I don't know. I already told you. 49. 48. 48. So yeah, that's the story of Ed. Big Ed. 76. 76 years old. He's an old man. I think, well, you know what? If he's that old, why even bother at this point? Um, you already you already have a life set up already there. You are, you're set. He might just want to stay there. Yeah, my guess at this age, like, why even bother? I don't know. Maybe he wants to spend his last few years as a free man. I guess we'll find out, and we'll I get back to will. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I have a story for you guys. Um, I guess dis discretion is advised. Sorry, <laughs> discretion is advised. Yeah, discretion is advised. Um, oh. All right, so this is on Erica Lawson. She lives in Kentucky. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. I'm already mad. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so there's not a whole lot that I could find on this, just the specifics real quick. So I'm, I'm pretty much going to dive right into it. Yeah. And maybe with like small little facts that I could dig up, whatever I could dig up. Right. So on July 28th, 2023... 17-month-old Elena Hembry was taken to the Middlesboro ARH Hospital. She arrived with severe injuries. Due to the extent of her injury, she was flown out to the East Tennessee Children's Hospital in Knoxville. Dang. She had been physically and sexually abused. Her body had bruises all over and evidence showing of it. Wow. The medical staff attempted to stabilize her and they put her on life support. But due to the incident, she was declared brain dead. Wow. Jesus. 17 months old. 17 months old. So she was a toddler. Yeah. Young. She was she's very baby. beautiful, too. She had wow. beautiful big eyes. Like, she had, like, cute little somewhat curls in her. Yeah. Very cute. And then Elena passed her away. Mother. No, Elena's the baby. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Elena's, Elena's a baby. She passed away July 30th, 2023. That Sunday of that weekend. Wow. Then her mother, Erica Lawson, got arrested on charges of second-degree manslaughter, first-degree criminal abuse against a child under 12, child negligence, and first-degree wanton endangerment. Wow. I didn't, know I, was, I didn't know you could charge for all that. That's, oh, yeah. That was very – I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it oh. – 
she was booked into the Bell County Detention Center and she stayed in custody with a one million bond. Good. Good run, to be honest. Yeah. And crazy. So I mean, like I said, it's like there's a lot of it still going on there, so it's kinda hard to get some details out still, but yeah, I mean, this fair, this just started happening, huh? The trial and whatnot. Yeah, and then what's crazy is that I did try to find her next court date, and I couldn't find it. It's probably not. They probably haven't decided yet. Yeah, so so apparently, before Elena went to the hospital and before she got to that point, yeah. Elena's uncle had called 911 weeks before, or a week before her death, mm-hmm. regarding burn marks on her body that he had seen on her. They called, um, but unfortunately, the cops or the uncle could not find them. They didn't know where they were at. Oh, for like some she reason, went into hiding or um, no, they just couldn't find them. Didn't even say if she went into hiding or if she took her. They just did not find them anywhere, Jesus. which is weird because, I mean, either maybe she might have known. Maybe she did go into hiding. I don't know, yeah. but I couldn't find any information regarding that. Okay. So my guess could be as good as your guess, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. Um. So apparently, while Elena had her mom around, Elena wasn't very well taken care of. Uh, Erica would do all the drugs around her. She never actually took care of her the way she should have taken care of her. Yeah. Which just sucks because as a parent, I mean, she was young too. I'm like, Erica wasn't that much older, to be honest. She must. She looked maybe in her 20s, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And young mother. Well, not even a mother. Not even a mother. Yeah. Just a young person. Young person. Because a mom would never do that. No. Um, but, you know, it sucked because she never took care of her that way. But, you know, it's heartbreaking. So apparently, Lawson, which is Erica's last name, uh, called 911 to report that Elena was unresponsive. She was, so I'm glad she actually called. Yeah. But it's just, seriously, you waited until your daughter was unresponsive to call. She waited too late. Mm-hmm. And that's when the police found her in the in the home, just just laying there, dude. Like yeah. it was just there was just nothing there. Like they're trying to give her, of course, CPR, and nothing was going on there. So that's what happened there. And there's a lot behind that story right now because it's about to get a little dark. Yeah, a tad bit darker right now. So beyond, so obviously she was sexually abused. Yes. Whether the mom did it or not, it's creepy and gross. But it's not the mom at all. And the dad, he's very devastated. The dad is actually not a suspect. They did consider him for a bit, but he's not. He wasn't uh, involved? Okay. Yeah, thankfully, from what I read. Yeah. And I'm hoping he wasn't because the way that he's being – I found him on YouTube. Yeah. I just Googled Elena's dad. I forgot his name. Um, but he's out there, you know – making like a memorial thing talking about his daughter and yeah. all this stuff so it doesn't seem like he would hurt his daughter in any way yeah i mean it's good that they found him to not be a suspect so yeah he must he i'm hoping i'm, I'm hoping that it stays that way too i don't want yeah. something further on the way they but dig up something you know like, did he not i wonder if he noticed anything or like that's what I was trying to figure out. I was trying to find out if he had visiting rights or if he would see her. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it was a little unclear on that. I was yeah. trying to find it to see, but they're like, 
with this case, I think they're being very selective on what they release. Exactly. Yeah. So that's probably a good idea too. It is because it's also a very sensitive subject. Yeah. Um, of course. But this is where it gets a little dark. On August twenty, oh, I'm sorry, August fourth, twenty twenty three, the mill, the Middlesbrough PD said they were using DNA testing on the body of Emily of Elena, just to see what you know what can they find on her. Yeah. Turns out they found six different DNAs. Oh. All men. Oh my god. All men. Yikes. So, this poor waste of a person. Pretty much sold her daughter for drugs. No medigas. Mm-hmm. And oh. the, apparently from what I read, they did find, I think, three or four of them. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, they, they connected the DNA. Yeah. yeah. Um, I couldn't go into more detail on that because I couldn't find the names or where they found them. But apparently there are still two that they're still looking for out of the yeah. six, which is great news because that way we can hold them accountable for what they did to her. What disgusting things. Yeah. You know, that's, um, if you guys, I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah, that's not. But um, if you guys want to know for yourselves, the articles are online. All you got to do is just type in Erica Lawson or Elena, Elena Hembry. Yeah. And you can read. Um just mindful it is a lot to take in it's heavy it's heavy you know and what's crazy about all of this dude i found a tiktok of this girl and she's holding elena she's dancing around with her she's hugging her and kissing her baby i'm here for you with the song in the background playing i'm never gonna leave you i'm always yeah, gonna yeah. be here for you yada 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 and her face her, elena's face is like it, it just looks traumatized because her her eyes are so sad in the, the video yeah. but she's portraying herself as a loving mother and, and she's garbage and she's completely garbage and she's the one that caused the death of her daughter it's like are you kidding me right now Trash. it's insane but that's what happened so apparently the commonwealth attorney lisa fugate said that they were able to expedite the the samples right so they're hoping that maybe just maybe they might be able to well i guess provide the, the information for those the information lot faster yeah. yeah so i'm hoping it does work and then on August 22nd, 2023, Lawson is charged with up to murder, of course, because yeah. Lena died, of course. Yeah. So that's what happened with that. And um, they were also petitioning where the prosecutor to Kentucky was seeking for the death penalty yeah. for her. And I, for one, I do not disagree. Yeah. Do not disagree with that. I, I do feel very strongly about that. I think that some people should deserve the death penalty and some maybe can't have a chance to rehabilitate and some just deserve to be off the streets. But I think in certain cases, death penalty is probably one of the best routes to go, I feel, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, not for everyone, but that's just how I feel about that. And of course, you know, her attorney was talking to the judge saying, please don't let that happen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it's crazy because I was trying, you know, even then, like, her her last court date was November 6th. And I guess it got, again, rescheduled. And yeah. that's where I couldn't find yeah. any other updates and on it, that. It, it may get rescheduled a few times. Maybe. Um, I'm sure everybody wants to get all their evidence and witnesses in and get their P's and Q's in order, you mm-hmm. know? Um yeah, it's a it's a sensitive subject. So, and to top it off, like they have the media pressure as well. Yeah. So, 
especially, you know, so there's, there's a lot of factors as to why it's getting pushed back, but getting pushed back, whatever this um, person is in prison, um, she can stay there. Heck yes. Um, and, you know, once they, everybody gets the evidence and whatever they need, you know, they'll, they'll put her away for life and, you know, whatever the circumstances, whether it's, you know, you know, death or just life sentence, whatever it is, um, as long as she doesn't have a chance to get out because that little girl did not deserve no, not any at all. of this. Um, no kid ever does. So, you know, I'll be happy with whatever the verdict comes out to be. Um, I just hope also they can get all those other uh, DNA recipients they will. They'll, they're going to definitely do their due diligence. Um, they'll find them, whether or not they have the DNA in the system, which I think that's probably why they already found the other people. They already connected because for whatever reason, their DNA was in the system. And the other two men that aren't, they'll find them. Yes, and that would they be a very glorious day. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they dude. all I mean, know each other. Yeah. I'm pretty Eventually, sure like there's going to be some, you know. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, it's just creepy. Like, I don't know, dude, like, just seeing her and... It's unfortunate, It's yeah. so, it's just so sad, saddening. You know, she was a beautiful little baby girl. She's beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, yeah. you know what? She's no longer suffering at the hands of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a better place, so rest in peace to that beautiful little baby. Yes, rest um, in peace, Elena. It was a little bit of a heavy one, you guys, but, you know, that's what's currently happening around the world. And yeah. we have, unfortunately, it's stuff that, you know, we're going to talk about. It's... You know. Yeah, and the good thing about it is that I kept mentioning her name because I don't want her name to be forgotten. Right. No. It's important to remember her name. I feel a lot of the victims are forgotten a lot of times, and I feel and like most people really remember the their 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 perpetrators. The perpetrators, their, right? You know, and it's just like the person. It's still a person. Yeah, person doesn't stop forget. being a person just because this other monster is shadowing everything else. Yeah, they're still a person. Unfortunately, that's how it is. And All that's the time. what we're fascinated with. But here, we won't forget the victims. We'll definitely root for them and their families. Absolutely, guys. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode. If we have any further updates, again, we will let you know for sure. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for listening. This is No Me Digas. Until next time. Bye. Bye.